0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents, the show all about personal finance. And I'm Simwee Boon. As investors nowadays grow savvier, more Malaysians are open to trying out new investment vehicles to grow their portfolios traditional and popular forms of of investment opportunities such as properties and unit trusts are making way for new products that aim to offer flexibility, control and exposure. While not a new form of investments, exchange traded funds or ETFs have been growing in popularity. Uh, they've been around since 2005 in Bursa Malaysia, but many investors might not be aware that in Bursa Malaysia itself there's 19 ETFs listed. So what exactly are ETFs and how should they be positioned in new your portfolio. Joining me to discuss this is Yap Minghui, a licensed financial planner with Whitman Independent Advisors. Thank you, good morning, and welcome to the show. Uh, Mr. Yap. So let's start off first. What should investors know prior to investing in ETFs? Talk to me about ETF characteristics.
1: Basically, ETF, if we put it simply, is a basket of securities, stocks, no, or investment that normally and underlying index. So it will provide you to uh, assess, to stocks, bond, maybe uh, any other asset class as well along the way. Okay, Most of the ETF they are passively managed. You know? Basically, uh, even though they are manager there, but it's very passively managed because they want to produce a return that replicates an underlying index. So, I would say one of the most famous ETFs would be the SPIDER S&P 500 Trust ETF that tracks S&P 500 index in US.
0: Okay, but what are the pros of an ETF then?
1: Wow, uh, now ETF is a darling to a lot of investors. Okay, there are a few reasons. Number one is low cost. Average expenses ratio of an ETF is generally lower than actively managed unit trust funds. Therefore, cost saving is a benefit. Uh, Number two, diversification. When you buy a single ETF, it is made up of several individual securities in an index. Therefore, when you buy one ETF, it is also already exposed to a few stocks and reduce company-specific risks. Thirdly, uh, accessibility. You can use ETF to access uh, many markets, many asset class that normally not generally available. Uh, for example, like uh, market in Middle East, in Latin America, or certain sectors like US banks specifically, or maybe China semiconductor industry, those very unique, uh, very rare, uncommon kind of sector. Uh, number four, flexibility. So ETF can be traded at any time during market hours. Okay, so for that matter, investor can enter or exit the position throughout the market hours. Okay? Uh, number five, transparency. When they this way, this is where exact price of the transaction is known very easily. And ETF are highly transparent because what they're holding are published on a daily basis. So, therefore, you can know whatever you bought into very clearly.
0: Okay, but you know, with every pro, there should be some cons. What would you say are the, the drawbacks of ETFs?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you asked this question because some people think that ETF is a perfect investment, which is not. Uh, uh, some of the disadvantages of the ETF, I would say, number one is that ETF does not perform well in all markets. Okay. Uh, in developed market like U.S. and European market, which is more efficient compared to Asian market, it is very difficult for unit trust fund manager to generate alpha or additional return compared to average market return. Okay. So that this is where ETF can do well because they are passively managed. But in developing markets like Malaysia, uh, China or Asia market, uh, whereby these stock markets, they are less efficient. So trust fund manager, normally they are able to outperform index and also ETF as well because they, the fund manager can find opportunity from fundamental or technical analysis, you know, or they have got some sources of information to determine some undervalued or overvalued stock to increase their chance of making better return than market uh, average return. You know, that is number one. Number two is that it is this ETF, like I say, the advantage is that you can trade it many times during the market hours. Uh, but it also gives you a risk uh, that can also hurt your investment return. Okay, Because it can change your mindset from an investor to become an active trader. So once you start trying to time the market, pick the hot sector or hot ETF, it's easy for you to get caught up in regular trading, buy and sell. And when you do that, it will add cost to your portfolio and therefore eliminate one of the benefits of ETF, which is low cost, low fee. The third disadvantage I can think of is that cost of ETF, usually for certain ETF is not that cheap, not that low. Uh, you, see, you can see now more and more niche ETF are created. They are more likely to have quite a low volume index to follow. So when that happened, this result in a high bid-ask spread and increase the cost. Okay? And then there are some actively managed ETF also charged ifE And the fourth disadvantage is the underlying fluctuations and risk. Uh, we know ETF offers good diversification. However, just because ETF contain more than one underlying position doesn't mean that it would not be volatile. The magnitude or the volatility will mainly depend on what do you buy under that particular ETF. So when an ETF a, track a broad market like US market or a China market, uh, then not, normally it's less volatile compared to an ETF that track a specific industry or specific sector. Okay? For example, maybe crude oil sector. So every time you... Uh, put in some very specific country or specific sector, it increases your risk. Of course, if you were to buy a leverage ETF, then this, this is even more volatile because you will amplify how much you make or how much you lost You know when the investment goes up or down. Uh, last but not least, another disadvantage is that there's no control. So when you buy an ETF, you don't have a say to say uh, out of the 10 or 20 stock under the ETF, I don't want this, I don't want that. You you cannot do that. Uh, So that if you want to avoid a particular company or particular industry, you can't have the same control like when you invest in stock market directly.
0: Okay, so with all that said, who should invest in ETFs? I mean, talk to me Mm. about the kind of uh, criteria that goes into a person that wants to invest in ETFs. I would I would think that investor is uh in investing ETF is
1: suitable for you if you want to achieve diversification with low cost. Uh, so it will save you time to select stock. Say for example, you want to uh, invest in uh, Hong Kong market. You know, but you do not know what stock to buy. So you just scally go and buy a uh, Hong Kong uh, ETF MSCI uh Hong Kong ETF. Then it will cover the market Hong Kong. Market. Okay. Uh, it's also suitable for you if you want to access to a special sector, like what I mentioned just now, semiconductor in China or a new energy sector, maybe in Europe. Okay? Uh, and then it's suitable for you if you have time, uh, you have a skill, you have the patience to do the research uh, and to select the ETF because now there are more than 6,000 ETF now in the world and it's growing so you really need to know, uh, need to have the knowledge to select the right ETF to support your investment strategies. And also, uh, it may be suitable for you if you are willing to take risks and accept price fluctuation. Say, for example, certain ETF like technology ETF, you know, it can be very volatile and it can go up and go down you know, by 20 to 30% of magnitude. So you can, if you fulfill these criteria, I think
0: ETF is a suitable investment for you. We, we talked about who should invest in ETFs. Who shouldn't invest in ETFs? Uh,
1: you should not invest in ETF if you want to achieve a higher return than what index can offer. Okay. Then in that case, you should invest in the stock directly or use a fund manager for certain market to beat the index. Okay. Number two is that you shouldn't invest if you want to avoid certain stock in the index. For example, uh, you. There are certain stock that you already own a lot, so you you, you don't want to buy an ETF in that case. Or for religion, uh, uh for religious reason, you, you don't want to have certain stock, so you is not suitable for you to buy the whole ETF in that case because they will have you to buy the stock if you don't want. And thirdly, if you think that ETF uh, is a perfect, no, a hundred percent, uh, good investment and you want to put all your money into it and you decided not to build a diversified portfolio, then I would suggest you should not do that. Okay. I I know Warren Buffett recommended people to buy S&P 500 index uh, that uh, from track record give about 9 to 10% annualized return over the long run. And some people thought that, whoa, now they can put all the money into S&P index ETF. And for that matter, they can forget about the other things, okay, however, history show that in many 10-year period, a diversified portfolio into different asset class earn as much as what s and can do, okay? And in fact, it can do it with less risk. Meanwhile, many people who claim they can tolerate, prolonged uh, uh, stock market slump, actually they find out when market really crash, they cannot tolerate or stomach the crash okay or sometime uh, when uh, something come up in life okay imagine you put all your money into an index and index crash like in the year 2020 last year uh you have a marriage you know uh, you have a child coming and you have a job loss or medical issue whereby suddenly you need money urgently so for that matter your long time uh, long-term horizon is no longer there okay so that's why uh, you cannot hold on to EDF. So that's why while history shows that stock market has been the best performing asset class over a long period of time, you don't live in spreadsheet. You don't live based on track record because we all live in the real world and life gets in the way and sometimes you need emergency cash. So that's why you need to diversify in case you must interrupt your long-term strategy.
0: How do ETFs measure up against unit and other forms of investment? Like, where do they stack? How, mm. how much returns can you expect? In a sense, when you stack it out against something like unit or mutual funds,
1: mm. I, I I would say uh, ETF, uh, unit trusts, uh, or even robo they are all investment vehicle. Okay, uh, they they provide you access to a certain asset class. The ultimate. Net return that you are getting depending on uh, what asset class you invest into. So we, what I mean is that if you use ETF to buy a Malaysia bond, then uh, the return uh, could be most likely lower than the ETF that you buy, you can buy a US market equity. The, the, the return is actually derived from asset class and not in particular, depending on the, uh, the, the vehicle that you, cho- you have chosen.
0: Okay, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM mm. 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Wee And today's topic is ETFs or exchange traded funds. And joining me to discuss this is Yap Minghui, a licensed financial planner with Whitman Independent Advisors. We've been talking a bit about the characteristics of ETFs, some pros, some cons, and you know, how who should invest in ETFs. Um, mm. Now, Minkui, I want to ask Is how mm. do you how should you select the right ETF to optimize your investment portfolio?
1: I, I would say there are five main criteria that we need to look at when we want to select the right ETF. Uh, when I say select ETF, I, I mean that you have, you have already decided your asset class and you did already decided that you're going to use ETF already. So then the question is that Among ETF, how do you compare and select? Okay, so number one. Tracking difference. So tracking difference is a difference between the ETF actual performance compared to the performance of the underlying index. Okay, Which means that if you were to buy a US ETF, uh, what is the tracking difference compared to the actual performance of the US S&P 500 index performance? Okay, So when we compare, when we select, we want to find an ETF that has got small tracking difference because your objective is that you want to track or replicate the underlying index. That's number one. Number two is to look at expense ratio. Expense ratio is normally indicated as a percentage of ETF average net asset. So it's the annual cost that you pay to cover the operating and management expenses of an ETF. Okay? So when you look for expense ratio, you want to look for lower or low expense ratio. Okay it means that you can get higher net return. The third criteria to look at is liquidity. Liquidity means that how easy that you can buy and sell ETF quickly without affecting the price. Okay? So we want to select ETF that has got high average daily volume and smaller bid-ask spread. So, so it's easy to buy without affecting the price. Fourth criteria is that we want to understand the underlying asset. Okay, we cannot just buy ETF just based on the name, because the name could be deceiving and could be misleading. So some ETF contain risky components. You know, and if you don't do proper research on the ETF you choose, chances are you may buy some ETF, the asset that you may not be aware of. For example, you may end up buying a leverage you know, ETF. Okay, or you may end up buying an inverse ETF you know, that may contain derivative and other complex securities. Okay, So it's very important to understand what are the underlying assets, what does this index represent, what are the stocks or security they are holding. Uh, number five criteria is to understand the structure of this ETF. Uh, because there are physical ETF. Uh, their whole actual underlying securities that makes up the index and they are in the form of full replication whereby they hold 100% of all the underlying securities and they are partial replication whereby they hold only a sample of the index okay? and it's normally used when there are liquidity, liquidity issues or uh, there are too many funds Okay, too many securities under the index. So uh, whereby we also have got a synthetic ETF that rely on derivative such as swap to execute the investment strategy. So for that matter, uh, when you buy synthetic ETF, you may be exposed to counterparty risk. So it's a wise, I mean, I don't, you know, I would advise you to buy physical ETF rather than synthetic ETF.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I want to ask you this. I mean, does it make sense to invest in an ETF that mirrors a foreign index like the mm-hmm. S&P 500? I mean, with all the costs in exchange and taxation associated, I mean, will investing in local stocks in the end net a better return? What are your thoughts on this? You
1: see, when we invest, it's important for us to build a diversified portfolio to capture investment opportunities Outside Malaysia, and we are able to reduce the volatility of our investment portfolio. So, from a track record, you know, uh, we can see sometimes Malaysia market do better, sometimes U.S. market do better. So the fact is nobody can tell which market can do better at any at any time. Okay, so therefore we want to diversify. Okay, so despite the cost in exchange the cost in taxation, it's always worthwhile to diversify.
0: Okay. Well, um, I'm curious also, do, do ETFs pay dividends or is this a growth, seen like as a growth stock?
1: <laughs> yes. This is very interesting question. Uh, uh, the answer is yes. You know, uh, some ETFs pay dividend. Okay, uh, but also like stocks, uh, so
0: some, uh, ETF, uh, they are growth in nature and they do not pay dividend at all. So it's like a hybrid like that. Mm, okay. Yes. Okay. So how do you, how, how should you prioritize ETFs then? I mean, how important should it be when you mm. are looking to your investment portfolio? Should I like mm. get unit trust first, then only consider ETFs? Should I be uh, actively mm. looking at Bursa first before I look to ETFs, or like can it be something mm. that I go for initially first? Especially from a perspective of a financial planning perspective. Mm.
1: So, uh, like I mentioned before, when we invest, we diversify, and when we diversify, we look into different asset classes. So, uh, if if your family, be unit trust, you can always choose uh, unit trust. You know, to as as a base. Uh, for a selection to represent a particular asset class but you can see as compared to unitrust fund etf can help you to access to various market and asset class that may not be available to retail investor so uh, for certain market for example even like precious metal you no know, uh, this is an area whereby local unit trust fund uh, cannot perform that well so this is an area whereby you should consider using etf you no know, uh, if you insist to use a, a unit trust then you may not get a good return or you can get you can may not get the return that even come close to the benchmark you no know, so that uh, is my advice and also ETF can perform better uh, in developed market so so for that matter uh, for example in european market so rather than using using unit trust fund manager to really select which fund manager can perform better from Unitrust, we myself select an ETF for U- European equities you know, to take care of this area. So, this is how I would combine uh, Unitrust fund managers and also ETF to come up with a an uh, effective and, I would say, uh, performing portfolio for the clients.
0: All right, that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Cents. I've been talking to Yap Ming Hui, a licensed financial planner for Whitman Independent Advisors. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Sim Wee Boon signing off for the morning run. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast.